1: Good morning. Our scripture reading today is Isaiah 65, verses 17 through 25. And it can also be found in pages 607 and 608 in your pew Bible. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy... And it's people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy. On all my holy mountain, says the Lord.
0: Have you ever had the experience when you're going to the Internet just to check something that should take ten seconds? and then you just keep clicking and click and 20 minutes later you've just lost this whole chunk of your life. I should probably confess to you a Google Earth addiction. I mean I go I go just to find where I'm going to have lunch with somebody in Vinings and then I just get fascinated by looking at it in greater Atlanta. And where it is in Georgia. And I zoom all that look there's Jay Christopher's in the northern half of the United States. I mean, it, it, I just go crazy moving in and out of this. My, if you go to my childhood home in Dorval and go to the little picture, I can see my bedroom window. And before you know it, I can see it in the northern hemisphere where my bedroom window is. I just get taken away by this whole thing. Well, one of the questions I've got to ask every time I prepare to preach is which Google Earth setting is this passage inviting? I mean, is this an intimate shot like of the window of my childhood home? Is this a, a, a shot that's inviting us to take a really close intimate look at our lives and maybe it's time to Clean out the basement of our sin? Is it a wider shot that is is addressed at the church? How we need to be the people of God in this community, the church? Is, Is it wider still? Is it how should the Christian be a civic citizen in the country, whatever it happens to be? Well, today's passage is just about as wide as Google Earth can go. It's all the way back to where it's just that little earth ball on a white screen. Today we're called to pull everything back so far that we talk about the kingdom of God and what this cosmic reign might look like. And it's Isaiah's strategy to begin with the end, to post a picture of what the kingdom of God might look like in its fullness... And then invite us to just reach for it. To just be drawn into this compelling vision of what God is doing in the world. I first ran into this strategy reading Stephen Covey books. Others of you did too. You remember the exercise in the uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People book. I think it was chapter 2 maybe. This wonderful exercise where he invites the reader to begin with the end in mind he invites us to imagine our own funeral and to write out fully what we hoped other people would say at our funeral. Your coworkers coming up to the pulpit to say a word at your funeral, write out everything you wish your coworker would say about what it's like to work with you. Uh Uh-oh, here comes your daughter. She's coming up to speak at your funeral. Write out everything you wish she would say about what it was like to be your daughter. And if you do this strategy, if you can see the end, you might have a chance of being inspired enough by that to map out a life that reaches into that hope. That's what Isaiah's doing here. That's exactly what he's doing. He's casting a vision, of God's, a vision of God's kingdom in hopes that we might be inspired to align our lives into that vision of love. So, I'm going to read. I'm going to read some more of what Eddie read just a little while ago. I'm not going to read all of it, just snippets. But I beg you to not reduce this soaring poetry... Into literalism. Isaiah Isaiah intends to invoke an aspiration. He's using images and cadence and poetry to ignite this vision of what the world could look like. This passage is full of more pictures than ideas infant and old person, houses and vineyards, wolf and lamb, lion and ox. It's full of words that sparkle. Like joy, delight, rejoice, I am creating. You don't have to close your eyes. You might want to close your eyes. I don't know. But I do want to ask you to let loose your holy imagination so that you can see and feel and taste and hear this wide image of the day that God is calling us toward. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear, says the Lord. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. But the serpent, its food, shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. Says the Lord. There is a term in literature that I think is an even better theological term. I had a preacher friend this last week use this term, and she said, I think it might be my favorite word in the English language. She said, I don't ever use it at dinner parties, but Just in terms of orienting my own life, this might be my favorite word. The word is proleptic. In literature, when it's used, it's when the chronological order of a story's events have been disturbed and the narrator tells future events out of turn. That is, the future event is happening now in the story. But theologically, living proleptically is living as though the future has already happened. Living proleptically is living as though the not yet reign of God is already, living as though what you have hoped for has already occurred. In the first recorded words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The the kingdom of God is. The kingdom has come. The kingdom is. And the kingdom is not yet. So we live proleptically. We live as though what we hope for has already happened. So, how do we do that? I mean, we're coming off an election week, which is a pretty loud reminder that the joy and delight of a new heaven and a new earth ain't quite yet. Isaiah imagines a world, a kingdom where there will be no more weeping, no more cries of distress. This week, we heard both. He imagines a world where people eat what they plant, enjoy the work of their hands, labor not in vain, where one group doesn't build and another group inhabit, and this world is not yet. He imagines a kingdom where the wolf feeds with the lamb, and we live in a kingdom where the wolf feeds on the lamb. He imagines a world where the lion eats straw like the ox, but right now, the lion kills to eat. That's what lions do in the the wild. On the holy mountain of Isaiah's imagination, people do not hurt or destroy. And our culture just funded another multi-million dollar political media campaign designed to do just that, to hurt And destroy. How do we live as citizens of a new heaven and a new earth in this mess? This is probably an aside, but I'm pretty sure I would vote for a candidate whose TV ad said, My opponent is a good person. She loves this state, she loves her family. I think she keeps her yard neat. I just think my political philosophy is better than hers, and I'd like to tell you why my ideas I think are better. I'm pretty sure I'd vote for that person. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Isaiah says, it's a place where there is no more weeping. There's no more distress. There is a new heaven, a new earth. There is joy and delight and rejoice. It is a place where people no longer hurt or destroy. For the Christian to live proleptically, we have to live with the end in mind. We live in a world where love rules, where we see an already assured conclusion to the story, where the wolf and the lamb graze together, where love wins, and we know love wins because we know the part of the story where the stone was rolled back. We've been assured that love already wins. Now we're called to live like it. To be ambassadors of a new kingdom. The Christian is called to join God in this grand vision, this big Google Earth view of the world as it could be, and by Christ's victory, it already is. We live as though what we hoped for is already. It means that we will never, never participate in the ugly ground game of political hatred. We will never tear other people down to build ourselves up. We will never post on Facebook anything that does not not look like we are inhabitants of a new earth where wolf and lamb feed together. We are citizens of the holy mountain where people do not hurt or destroy. We live differently because we live in a God-shaped narrative where love wins. And we are called to join into that story. When Professor David Barrett of Yale Divinity School, when he retired, he didn't really retire. He moved to Atlanta uh, and he joined the faculty of Columbia Presbyterian Seminary here in Decatur. But he also uh, was a scholar in residence of uh, one of our sister churches in town, uh, the Trinity Presbyterian Church here in Buckhead. And in one of his stories, uh, one of his sermons that he preached at at that church during his time there, he told this story that for me captures what it looks like if you were to live as though the different reality has already happened. In 2013, a five-year-old boy in San Francisco named Miles who had leukemia... Fell into remission of his leukemia. They were able to remove the tubes that the doctors had put in that had been his companion for way too long and then in his remission the wonderful Make-A-Wish Foundation decided that they were going to honor Miles' wish and Miles wanted to be Batman for a day. And they said, we are going to make your dream come true. Well, he was five so he was bat kid for a day word spread social media got involved before you know it 16,000 San Franciscos San Franciscans had come together for Bat Day in San Francisco they got him a batmobile he was 5 so they also got him an adult batman who could be his a co- companion for the day This thing took energy and just kind of took over the city. The mayor made a Batley proclamation. The San Francisco Chronicle became the Gotham Chronicle for one day. The city by the bay transformed into Gotham City completely for one day for this one kid. And on this magical day, the forces of evil were banished. The penguin and the Riddler were sent packing. Check it out this afternoon online. You can see these wonderful pictures of the five-year-old Miles shutting the jail cell on the Riddler. And you see the big crowds down below as the superhero comes to wave to all the crowds. Did San Francisco really disappear and become Gotham City? No, not exactly. But for one day, another reality pushed up against the ordinary and another story dispelled the hopelessness of a major US city. Just one day of living as though a different reality were already. It was a proleptic day. Living as though what you hope for is already here. If 16,000 residents could transform San Francisco for a day, What would the world look like if the entire church of Jesus Christ decided to live into the vision of God's kingdom where the wolf and the lamb eat lunch together? What if all of us committed to living in a way that does not hurt or destroy because that's the image of the mountain of God? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelia and Baptist Church.